Yeah! I'm in uh, Liberty Township. Hello, my peoples. Get us all feeling fucking good in here, so follow me, friends. In my hotel room, just got here. It's, um, it's, I guess, near Cincinnati. I even know. This is my first time playing here. It looks like they just built this whole area. Really swanky hotel. This, I gotta say, this hotel is it's pretty awesome. My wife would love this place. It's called the AC Hotels by Marriott in Liberty Township. So if you ever, I don't know, in the Ohio area near Cincinnati, it's you know the typical really nice outdoor mall thing where they have the Kona Grill and Cheesecake Factory and 15 billion movie theaters and stuff like that and Mexican place. And it's, it's like where they go, we need a place to build to have people with money that they can come and spend. Where should we do it? Let's find an area, buy plot of land, and just build it and make it look pretty and raise the prices and they shall come. Make sure the security so they feel safe. And that's that's what this area is. This is, uh... I wish I was staying here tonight. I, I have to finish the show, hop in the car, and then drive to Columbus to do a press in the morning. Which I'm not going to say my ego is a little bent, a little, little dented. I can't stand... If I show up to a place, especially Columbus, Ohio, and they're not sold out, that's really, that really bothers me. And I gotta go do radio in the morning. They're like, oh, it's good to do radio because then we're sold out. I can't, I don't know. Which brings me to where I'm at. Oh, let me update you guys too. Remember uh, last week, Kevin James show, Kevin Can Wait called, and um, they said, they wanted me to film the week of August 7th through 11th. Now, I don't know if it's the premiere show of Kevin Can Wait, but either way, I like being on the show. And I like that Kevin asked me to be on it, and I want to be there, and I want to kill it. And I've been on the show three times. It's a network show. It's a popular show. It's got great ratings. And it's filmed in Long Island, which is very close to my house in New Jersey. Not close, but it's better than flying to L.A. If I really wanted to go home every night, I could do that. But I get to stay in Long Island. I get to see all my friends I grew up with. I stay at their houses. I I really love it. Uh, If I can do another three episodes this year, I'll be ecstatic. Even just one. I get asked to do one. And I'm, I'm already... Super excited. So I blocked off one, one week this whole summer. One week. Besides like vacation or whatever. And I asked my agency, whatever you do, do not book a show uh, the week of April 10th, 11th, something like that. The reason being is my oldest daughter is going away to college. And I had Hyannis, Massachusetts. And I had... Uh, Cohasset, Massachusetts. There are big theaters in the round that are outdoors. They're tents where everyone's played there from George Carlin on. All the, all the, all the big comedians have played there. Don Rickles, uh, Louis C.K. plays there. And they had me booked for that week. I had to move it because my daughter went, you're, you're not going to be there to move me into college? Well, no, no, I... 
definitely will, yeah, no, 100%, I'll be there. So what happens of all weeks, Kevin James show, Kevin can wait, wants to book me next week. So I first put in, I went, oh God, you're killing me. Uh, Is there any other week of the whole month that they'll do? Now, my wife doesn't get it. Like, tell them to move, you know, tell them that you you didn't get you're going to college. I got to explain it. Like, this this ain't a comedy club. This ain't an event. This is a production. There's a hundred... 150 people involved, maybe more. You have script writers, producers, cameramen, sound people, editing, network. There's so much involved here. Cast members, you can't go, hey, everybody, we got to readjust for a um, little spot on the show for the priest guy. Like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know, if I was... If I was walking down the street, people were like, oh my God, it's the guy from Kevin. You can never leave that show. Then, yeah, I got a little leeway. But until that happens, if it ever happens, I seriously doubt that would happen. I'm just a guy that, hey, I feel very blessed every time I'm asked to do this. Um, so they then turn around and asked. And I I didn't hear back. And they said, now we got to do it that week. And I went, oh, God. I said, are they going to cast? They're like, yeah, they're they're casting for the priest role. I went, oh, no. So then they had, I have to say, they came back and they asked if I can do um, Monday for the read through the script, which is coming up this Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, like, rehearse one day, film, do do pre-taping. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday, I'd actually be off. Which worked out perfect. Because that is the day that my daughter is moving into college. It's that Friday. And Saturday, she starts classes. I know it sounds weird on a Saturday, but the school she's going to, which actually is pretty cool, man, is she, she, I don't even know if she has, realizes how good she has it. The college she goes to, are you ready for this? Now, I didn't go to college, so I, I didn't, I just hear from everyone else, but the college she goes into, the whole freshman class starts on three weeks before the rest of college. Because they want them to settle in, they want their classes, and they also have um, uh, like mentors. They're called the mentors. So each student, freshman, has like two mentors. And what the mentors do is they they kind of check you out for the first month, and then they get your hat, and then they go, you know what? Take this class, this class, and this class for the year. They they set up your classes, your 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 study times your everything I mean it's madness it's madness madness and I know it's gonna happen I'm gonna pay all this money for college she's gonna be really into what she's doing or she's not gonna be into it change her major I'm gonna drop six figures in the next couple years and she's gonna get out she's gonna meet some guy and then she'll be like 24 she can try to get a job and then I'm gonna start still paying off all that money and then all of a sudden, she's going to get married, and then she wants a kid, and then there goes college right out the window. Boing! 
I, I, I always say, like, college, people get mad at me, but this ain't the 50s, man. This ain't, this ain't you go to college and you come out and you have a career and then you have a pension plan and your medical is covered and you work for the company for uh, 40 years and you, you get a nice spray-canted, spray-painted garbage can when you're done or little wings from the airline that you worked or a little... Uh, teacher shirt best teacher of the last 50 years you don't get that that doesn't exist anymore it's this is one big walmart it's like they they want the young kids because they work for nothing they want it's almost back to the trade world like learning a trade is so much better you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could have got for a dollar 50 in late charges at the public library (laughs) i am excited for my daughter super excited she needs to get out of the house i mean her and my wife just they're not healthy. That, that that's another that's another whole thing. But those two definitely are not. They they need a break. And my wife's at the point where like whatever she says, she's gonna turn and do the complete opposite just to just to be vengeful. You can debate without having the need to win. That's all. My daughter needs to get out there, be on her own, discover life. I told her if you if, if if like a year happens and you're not feeling college, let me know. I'll give you money. Go backpack. Go figure life out. Get a little apartment. Go figure out life that way. Cause I, I think that's the hard. Don't you think that's the hardest age in the world? Do you remember being like 16, 17, 18? You don't know what you want. And they start like they start in high school like oh. Uh, you know. Your guidance counselor can start to figure out what what you should be doing the rest of your life. How are you supposed to know what you can be doing? You still got zits on your face. You still got zits on your face. You're listening to immature music. You, you listen, it's just... You put an eyeliner on wrong. You, you're 15-year-old boy. Your torso is about three feet long with short legs because the rest of your body hasn't grown up. You're supposed to be wondering what you're going to do the rest of your life. It's, it's, a, it's a bizarre time, man, for teenagers. And they learn so much nonsense in school. I, don't, don't, don't rile me up. With school. I, 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 don't get, I don't get school. Like I get they should be educated, but I really think... They should not be teaching the courses they teach. They're they're ridiculous. If you see that your child has a specialty towards someone, then that should be your courses, just like college. Like if your kid is extremely artistic, which will make them ADD, by the way, because an artistic kid is bored to death with anything they're not into. It's not that they can't pay attention. It's that they don't give a rat's ass about Ponce de Leon in 19. Ponce de Leon. Who gives a rat's ass? I'll tell you biology. I don't like biology. I don't want to see the insides of a frog. Sorry. Not my thing. So why shove it on a kid? Why shove that on a kid? He doesn't want a part of it. Oh, it's a part of school education. It's stupid. I'm sorry. I think it's stupid. Now, if the kid is really into that, well, then give them all courses like that. I think you'd be creating a lot more careers and lives and interests and healthier human beings if you tra- if, if that's what education was at the end of the day. Because then other kids would want to go to school. 
the end of the day, you know, it's just a social place. And if school is going to be a social place, make it more social. Have more social things going on. All right. That's my little rant. That's very good, by the way. That's very good. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, Kevin can wait. It's on. I'm filming. I'm super excited. I have not got the script yet. So Friday, I will go down to see my daughter. And, uh, you know, it's almost better. I think, I think if I went down starting Tuesday when my family is going down, I think I'd be all emotional thinking about what's going on and... And, and I guarantee you, my wife and my daughter are gonna—they're gonna—they're gonna have a battle by the time I get down there. When I get down there, my wife's gonna be like, "You're you have to do this, and you have to say this to her, and you need to tell her this and this and what she tries does now." And my daughter, she's eighteen. She's done with high school. She's going to she's going to college. And my wife's like, "You need to go in there and tell her she needs to be in bed. It's midnight. Tell her to get off her phone." I, what, do you, what do you think she's going to be doing in two more weeks? Well, I know, but she's still our house. I, I get it. I don't know. Is that a control issue? I don't know what that is. If you let it go, it'll come back to you. I don't know what that is. All I know is, God, this time next, this time next week, I'll be flying to Florida. Or actually, I'll be filming, uh, I'll be wrapping up Kevin Can Wait. With that, I got some other things that maybe I can bring on this journey I started I started a whole new little thing here. I've been nonstop thinking about a series, like a, a complete series to write. And the series is very, uh, it's, it's family driven. It's hardcore family driven. I mean, it, it goes from my neighborhood to nieces, nephews, all that stuff. So, but my big thing is, I have the stories in my head. I wrote a book. I was disciplined. I, I, I went on the road. And in the past, I'm not going to lie to you, I would catch a buzz, numb myself, walk around. And I, and I got tired of that. Because you get all you get all the friends that do that. And it's just, it's just a big mosh. You feel, you feel like dead weight all day. I, I definitely... It doesn't feel good. It's not motivating it did, for me. You have smoked yourself retarded. For me, it wasn't good. So I got into writing this book, and I was really disciplined. I had all the stories, and every time I would tell these stories, people would be blown out of their mind and say, hey, you, know, you, you, you should put these stories in a book, or you should write a film, or you should write a TV show. And why, don't, why aren't you on a TV show? I can't stand when people say that, by the way. Don't say that to me when you see me. It drives me nuts. Because in the end, I'd love to be have a TV show. You know, I mean, time, it's it, it's so much more complicated than you can imagine. So much more. So many people come up and go, "Jim, man, I heard you on a you know, Stern or Opie or whatever, whatever you heard me on," and then they go, "Why? I don't understand. Why aren't you on television? Can't you get on this show? No, it it doesn't work that way. It's a lot more involved." I can't tell you how many years, how many times I've had the show idea. You have to get a production team that really wants to do the show. And then the production team has to really sell it to a network to hopefully get it to the point where they'll want you to create a script. And then with the script, they like the script enough to film one show out of it. And then the one show 
you got to hope that Tony Danza doesn't come out of the woods and go, hey, I want to create a show for me. Then all bets are off because they always go on the guy they trust. Technically, rightfully so. I think I would too if I had that much money going on it. But I've done it a million times. A million times. I think I've done, I don't know, five, four pilots. Pitched a TV show seven, eight times besides the pilots. It's, uh, it's a long going thing. But I, I learned from Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is a, he's an inspiration as far as him writing. And so I've had this series in my head. And I just didn't know where to start. Do I start where my wife is, is, becomes born again? And why did she become born again? What led up to that moment, which was pretty intense. And at the end of the day, that really, really saved our marriage. It saved our marriage. And she's not, you know, she's not knocking on your door like, have you, have you read the words of Jesus? It's not, it's not like that. There was a time when the pendulum was pretty heavy in that world. Not so much like read this or whatever, but she was going to Bible study with women and and the, all the women would come over a house. And Bible study is not they sit there and they study the Bible. It's like they have a, okay, we're going to learn to be a good parent. And so it's a book by a, some Christian guy who has all these amazing things. And he'll take a quote from the Bible and then add it to how he parents kids, his children, his family. And, and that, that's, that's what their study is, you know. But I have fascinating stories you know, because you come from me, who's a street blue collar guy, and then, you know, I, I, my big thing is life. I don't. I hate broken families. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. I can't stand when a family, you know, they're getting a divorce, and you're like, "Did you do everything?" Yeah, we did everything. Did you? Or is it just convenient for you? Especially when there's kids involved. There's no kids involved. No problem. All bets are When the kids are involved, it's just such a... I don't care what anyone says. It does... It does quite a bit on the kids. You know, I'm good friends with these people. I watched their kids. They, two of the kids started stuttering. Another kid had a... Started going in a weird, gotten skinny. I don't know if they became bulimic. It, it, dude. <laughs> anyway, I, I, whatever. But to me, there's so much in my life where, see, like my nieces and nephews, which there's a lot of them. One, one set of nephews, I, their father died. My brother died. And when my brother died, and he left that 16, 14, 11-year-old nephews. And I'm only a couple... I'm not that much older. That, that was the most gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching thing to tear a family to pieces. At the same time, a couple years earlier than that, the greatest family where my sister, her family was broken up. And her husband left and started cheating and got violent. And it really was like the greatest family ever. And my sister, no one wanted her to get married. My other sister, who, who had two kids, and no one wanted her to marry this guy. And 
was drugs and this and that. And then as soon as my nephew was born, he's just, he was gone. He was out of the picture. So those were, they all led to pretty heavy casualties through our lives and our family lives. And I got a lot of stories, but yet my drive to never let it I, I, I always had a drive that I, I, I wanted to look after all of them as if they were all my own. My nieces and nephews, like, fiercely protect every single one of them. Because, like, isn't that what tribalism is at the end of the day? It's like, it, or, or what we call a vill- village. It takes a village. Yeah, it takes a village, meaning, all right, well, you're not, you, you don't have the best mother skills, and your kids clearly need help, so I, I'll come in and I can help with with helping them guide them a little in a direction that can help them. Or this, this one's getting addicted to drugs. And I, 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 can, I think if you can give them to me for a little bit and I get them in this rehab or in this program for a while and then we can figure out when they come out. I've had people, I know so many people in that predicament and it always comes down to this. I even helped at a place by me uh, this place called Daytop, which is in Mendham, New Jersey. And I will give Governor Christie a huge... I've never met the man. I love that he loves the Mets and the, and the Cowboys because those are my teams. But I have to say, I know he's being an advocate for drug addiction and whatever he's going for. I can honestly say he is a huge supporter and he's very involved in Mendham, in this town Mendham, in this place called Daytop, which is all, it's, it's mostly heroin addicts. So I, my hat's off to Governor Christie. He really does care, and he's good. I was kind of hoping he'd run for president and make it to the president, because as a person, I think he's a great, I think he's an amazing guy. And I get pissed when people talk, not pissed, but like, oh, he's fat, whatever. Yeah, well, you know, you're stupid. What, what does that got to do with anything? Fat. One Truman fat. One of those presidents were fat. It doesn't matter. That's just whatever. But I've been dying to write this series because when I tell these stories, they're inspirational, they're motivating. And I and so many people like you, like all of you that I've met on the road, and a, and you know who you are. There's been a lot of you. And, I st- and I'll talk to you and, and you go, God, Jim, that, I'm telling you, my fa- I can't believe your family's so much like mine. We, we, it's all the same. It's all the same. But when you, I, I want to, relatability is, is very comforting at the end of the day. And I think... That's what I like doing with my stand-up. I love being relatable. I love when people come up and they go, do you, live in our, do you live in our house? It's frightening. It sounds like you've got a camera and a microphone in our house. I love being relatable. And I think these stories are relatable. So what do I do about it? I learned a lot from uh, Caesar. Who the, oh, my God. Judd Apatow? Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow was on the Opie show one day. He was Opie and Jim. And I was on one morning, and he had, he had uh, 
he has a series coming out or he has a series out, right? So he came on to talk about the series. And I, I don't know if Jimmy Norton or, or Opie said, how do you, like, how do you write a series? I get a movie, but like, how do you write a whole series? And he said, well, I board it out. Meaning I put a board up and I do the storyline. What's the big storyline from A to B? And, and then I start writing the characters. And each character has an arc. They, they have something to accomplish before the year's over. So in other words, let's say it's a story about a couple that always wants to get pregnant. And they're doing everything. They can't have drugs. All right, well, the story starts off where why, what it means for them to have a child and how important it is. So that's kind of the beginning. And by the end of the series... Is she pregnant or do they realize they can never have a child? And then you kind of start filling in everything in between. They, oh my God, they almost had a baby. Oh, they lost the child. Oh, now they're not even going to try it. He talks it back to going, now she's pregnant again. Oh my gosh, is this really going to happen? Oh, there's a complication. They are left with a decision. They might have to get rid of the kid. Oh, let's get a second opinion. The first opinion was wrong. So you add all those stories. You get from point A to B. Like uh, billions, you watch billions, and the story starts, uh, you know, with the financial guy, and you have you, you have someone uh, going after it. It's so complicated, but you have each character. The husband wants to know: Does he really have? Does he really want to have a baby, or is he just doing this because? His wife is so adamant about it and blah, blah, blah. So his kind of character and his, he starts losing interest halfway through and then he gains the interest. But then uh, he's, the, he's so let down because they lost the child. But then it happens again. And then finally at the end, you find out if they are pregnant, blah, blah, blah. It's just, there's, so every character has a journey throughout the whole show. What, what is their mission from point A to point B? And then you fill in a fast. So... I started writing down all this stuff. And then my biggest dilemma was, where do I start? Where do I start? Do I start when my brother passed away? Do I start when I first moved in my neighborhood and I had this major issue with the pizza man? Do I start with my wife when our marriage was about to end and then suddenly she found the Lord and then our whole world just changed it got intense but it also at the same time saved our marriage at a point where I was giving up in life does it start you know just out of the gate where we are now does it that is so what I learned is you just gotta start don't figure out where to start. Just start. Does it start when... I, now, I, people that lived with me, my niece has lived with me. I've had two nieces live with me. I've had a nephew live with me. I've had two other nephews that have spent up to six weeks with me at a time. And I've had a niece that has spent between four and six weeks with me at a time. And each one, there was a lot of input they needed. There was a lot of direction they needed. They needed solid ground, solid, I I don't want to say parenting. They just need guidance. They needed tremendous guidance. 
You know, I, one nephew was completely lost. He was, um, he was a maniac. We've had people thrown in jail. We've had them in prison. Jail and prison. We had one, the only thing that keep, kept her out of jail and prison was she wasn't caught. We had another one that, that the only thing that kept her out was her dad was a cop. So there were some major issues. And I would say pretty much all of them came from their upbringing and broken homes. And I made a vow to myself, I'll never, I don't, I, I, if I can help and if I can do it, I will. And there's so many people out there in the same predicament that are living it right now. Or they're going to live it. I think a show like this. Would really be tremendous for them. And maybe it's just a series. Maybe it's a book. But somewhere. I just have to start. I have to start writing it. Otherwise it's just me talking and thinking about it. And that's where. A little bit of the dilemma starts. However. I finally got motivated enough. To, I went online and I said, you know what, just start. Just start writing. I, wrote, I, I got tons of my notebook here. Uh, final draft, I, I have it on a computer. I don't like bringing a computer around. It's, it's just, it's big, it's bulky. I, I just don't like it. I have an iPad. I love using my iPad. So, as I open my iPad out, I... A couple days ago went, you know what? There's got to be an app. There has to be an app on screenwriting. There has to be. Now, if I start getting into screenwriting, there's a couple things you'll find. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been fighting depression a little bit on the road. The road's very depressing. If I don't have a mission on the road, it's extremely, extremely depressing. That's right. It stinks. I like hanging out with people. I love hanging out with people. That's how I write material. That's how I bounce off people. I learn what they're about. I learn what I'm about. We're relatable. We start laughing about something. And then that, that's, if I don't do that, if I'm stuck not going out or I'm stuck just at my house, you know, running chores around, I, I die. I die. There's no creativity there. So I got this app. And this app, you know, there's Final Draft, which is like the best. But I feel like, I don't really need Final Draft until I'm ready to do something. By the end, I'm going to need a writer to help me out. That's the most important thing in the world. To me, a really good writer that knows this world. However, I do believe if I invest my time, my emotions, I will have a spectacular script. In, in a couple months time. I truly believe that. But I got to put my head down. And I have to go for it. So I downloaded an app. And I found a free app. And for those of you that are interested in writing stuff. And why I like this one is because. You can write a play. A comic. Whatever that means. I don't know. It's a comic book. I don't, I don't understand what a comic means. Or a screenplay. Which is a movie or TV show. And it's called Celtics, C-E-L-T-X, C-E-L-T-X. So I download this thing, 
Yes, here we go. And I'm proud to announce that I wrote today, as we speak, as I was flying here to Cincinnati, I opened it up, opened up the app, and I started writing my series. I chose to decide, I'm still not sure if this is where I should, where I should start it, but I just went for it. And one of them was, and I don't want to give too much away because I hate if I think people are stealing it or taking the idea and all that jazz. But I, I definitely started with a moment. I was so into it. It felt good. I felt alive. I felt alive. And I st- and now I can't stop thinking about it. like tonight. I can't wait to get to my hotel room. I gotta, I gotta drive and get up early tomorrow. I can't wait to get home, get some coffee, and start zapping this in for four hours. If I can get eight hours of writing, the next two days, maybe even twelve hours of writing, I will be ecstatic. Maybe all next week, and and once I'm in, I'm in. And what's cool about this app is not only and just trust me, I, I wrote. Screenplays before, but I haven't done it in such a long time. And it's so much easier when you, for me, when I bounce off of someone. I wrote some stuff with Pete Corielli, who writes for um, Kevin Can Wait. He's do a radio show with me called Brew Unleashed on Satellite. And he's also, he's a very funny comedian. Really good writer. I always said, Pete Corielli should be, he should be the head writer of a show. He should be a showrunner on TV. The guy's absolutely brilliant. And I... My heart's a little broken because I do think me and him would be the Affleck Matt Damon of television. We would crush, crush in this series. So my, my intention is to write as much as I can here. Hopefully write about 10, 15 scripts for a full season. Show it to Pete. See if he thinks it's interesting or whatever. And show it to other writers that might be interested and go for it. But if you, if you ever, you know, so many of you always thought, Hey, I always want to write a screenplay or whatever. It's called Celtics. C E L C E L T X C E L T X for iPad. There's ones for phones for, there's all different, but for me, I want it for iPad and it's free. It didn't cost me a nickel. It didn't cost a dime, but I'm pretty excited. I started, man. And you got to start somewhere. If you don't start, it doesn't exist. So hopefully that journey will bring me somewhere. Now, also, check this out. This is pretty exciting. I filmed a pilot, a baseball pilot, my own baseball show. Right now, it's called Bats, Balls, and Brew, like the website. Bats, Balls, and B-R-E-U.com, where you put on your own videos, recaps from baseball games. And you don't even have to do recaps. Just... I kind of want you even just to talk about your team and where they're at and how they're doing. And there's a couple diehards on there, but I wanted to expand to everyone. So this company really loved what I did with my recaps uh, a couple years ago with the Mets after the Mets game. And was I to know they were going to go to the World Series? Who knew that was going to go down? So I wanted to do a show for the fans, run by the fans. It's the ESPN of fans, a new generation, a new way to look at sports where the fans are the point of view. And not, not off, but you know, I want that lady 
It's like 75-year-old lady from Minnesota that's been watching the twins her whole life. You know, that, that 15-year-old kid who's a brand-new Yankee fan. I want to I hear his, his intake and his stats and what he thinks. And he even knows the farm system a little bit. I, 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 that's so appealing to me when I, hear, when I hear real people really into the sports and knowing, knowing everything about it. So... I filmed that. I got to talk with Lenny Dykstra, who I think is certified nuts. He's, he's certified nuts. If you don't know who Lenny Dykstra is, look him up. He's been on Howard Stern a couple times. He, um, he won a World Series. He's fascinating to listen to. He's very honest. He's been through a lot. He's not the greatest citizen in the world, uh, but he was funny. And we went back and forth on steroids and baseball, which I think, I don't care what anyone says, I, I think they're definitely sneaking it. And he said, no, there's no way. And I, he's trying to get back into baseball, so he kind of has to say that. Guys have been suspended the last couple of years, and it's still there. It's, which pisses me off, because if baseball really wanted to get rid of it, it's real easy. Once a week, every, everybody's got to line up in a urinal, Piss in it and hand the cup over, and then watch how fast PEDs and steroids disappear from baseball. That's how easy it is to get rid of it. I don't want to hear this, uh, this, uh, you all, you know, it's random testing. That means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. Random. That, that's like going through TSA, and when you fly an airplane, you're going to tell me there aren't people that try to sneak pot or sneak drugs through their luggage or their carry-on, uh, knowing and, and their motivation, they're not going to do it because they may be randomly checked. They're taking that chance. You cannot tell me there aren't people doing that. There's someone right now going through TSA and they have a, a, a small bag of weed or whatever they do in their freaking bag. And they know that they may be spot-checked. They know it. They know it. So I don't buy this whole, oh, there's no more stairs in baseball because they know uh, the chances are too high. Wait, please stop, Lenny. Go to bed. I get it. You need to get in baseball. You pissed off 98% of uh, MLB, and you're still trying to hang on the rest of 2%. Okay, yeah, let me know how that works out. You got to join the Black Sheep crew. This should be a whole... Black sheep like team where it's Pete Rose, Lenny Dykstra, Jose Canseco. They run the whole team. They they run the whole the whole organization and they just hire black sheep to, to animals. Greg Jeffries weirdness or I mean no, the players couldn't stand him and he couldn't play. And he was allergic to leather. And plus he was a peculiar dude, you know. I would, I would definitely, I would definitely be intrigued by that team. They court the bat. They take steroids. They're, they're brawlers. That'd be entertainment. So, yeah, the baseball thing. I really hope it goes. I would love to be able to do because I love baseball. I love it. And you guys are so, oh, the band's kicking in now outside my uh, hotel. Look at all the happy white people. That, that's life right there when you're just rolling up on a lawn chair, your folding chair, listening to. I don't even know what they're listening to. Anyway, there's like 40, 50 people out there. 
It should be a good show. Um, yeah, so hopefully, uh, whatever. If it happens, it happens. Now, this other thing I'm doing. I want to tell you this other podcast I'm doing just for one night. You know Mac, Mike Rappaport, the actor? He's got his own, he's got his own podcast, Mike Rappaport. L- look him up. Google it. You know who he is. He's been in movies. He's been around. Oh, yeah. They're rocking it down there now. All right, so check this out. August 20th, if you're in the Boston area and you are into the whole football draft, the Draft Kings are doing this also thing. Michael Rappaport, he asked me to do this podcast with him. It's called, uh, it's a live taping of his I Am Rappaport podcast. It's the official kickoff event and podcast to fantasy football season. Now, I personally, I don't do, I don't do fantasy football. I'm not gonna lie. I don't have enough time to be trading and figure out stats and look at the. I, I just, I don't have time yet. But I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm fascinated by people who do this. I'm fascinated. So this is the actual kickoff. It's the official kickoff event. Um, to fantasy football peer. And you know what's really cool? You know Gronk? Now, I don't like the Patriots. I can't stand the Patriots. But I like Gronk. And the only reason it, I don't like him is because they're so damn good. Would I love Brady if he was my guy? <laughs> you bet your ass I would. I'd have, a, I'd have a, a, a statue of him on my front lawn. And Gronk, I love Gronk. He's a beast. So I'm pretty excited to uh, see Gronk. He's going to be there. Uh, the ESPN fantasy guru, Matt Berry's going to be there. It's going to be pretty sick, man. It's, it, this is like an event of a century. You get feel, if you go there, you get field access. There's drills on the same field as the New England Patriots. It's at Foxborough at their stadium where they play. You get to catch TD passes, doing celebrations. It's, uh, you know, you can stick it in uh, Goodell's face. So, yeah, you can go out for passes. You get to play on the field where the Patriots play. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. And then you're going to host your draft. and You get to host your draft in a luxury Gillette Stadium because that's what it says. It's that Gillette Stadium suite. I mean, dude, that's... that's that's as close as being a badass as you can get. That's as, as close as being the real deal. And that, that's what, I think that's why fantasy all sports are so good. Is because you are the general manager. You're the general manager of your own team. You're the owner. You get the trade. You get to watch the stats. You're pissed off. You're calling other people. You're, tra- you're trying to trade with them. So this is pretty sick. You don't want to miss this. All right? So it's going to be me, it's going to be Michael Rappaport for his taping of I Am Rappaport. It's live, it's a live podcast, official kickoff event and podcast of fantasy football season. You got Gronk, who's out of his mind, defending Super Bowl champ. Matt Berry, ESPN fantasy guru. It's going to be sick, you do drills. How cool is you get to do drills? I did fantasy baseball. Like actually play, and I'm beyond hooked. I'm already, I'm already counting the days of January. I can't wait to January. I am pitching a shutout. 
It's my goal this year. I'm pitching a shutout. So check that out. It's going to be at Gillette Stadium August 20th. All right? August 20th. And um, I think the times... I think doors open at 10 a.m. And then me and Michael Rapport, I am Rapport. We're going we're gonna to do the podcast at 11 for like an hour and a half. Then we move to the field for drills. Then we're going to do lunch. And then the real fantasy football heads, they can do the drafts with their leagues in the suites. Dude, how sick is that? How sick is that? It doesn't get better than that. So, hop on that. Especially uh, if you're in the Northeast, man. You don't want to miss that. Gillette Stadium. In the stadium. Your own suite. It's going to be badass, man. So check that out. Hopefully I'll see you there. That's going to be... And I got a whole... I'm playing Hyannis Tent. And I'm also playing Cohasset Tent. So I really look forward... I love mass people. I love... Massachusetts, Philadelphia, Long Island, that whole Northeast, those are my peoples that just, they treat me like a rock star. I mean, they, I sell tickets well there. I do really well. Connecticut, all those places. Unlike Columbus. I'm going to get up and do press in the morning tomorrow. God, is that annoying. Which brings me to another whole subject. Are you a marketer? Are you guys marketers? I'm meeting a marketer next week. I, I'm convinced I got. I just got to change my whole game. I got to change my whole game. I want you to show up at my show and you're watching videos when you walk in. I want new merchandise and I want a, a marketer that knows how to market the living shit. I'm looking at these contracts and people are spending 2000 3000 in advertising. I'm not buying it. And if they are, where the hell are they advertising me? Where are you advertising me? You can't you can't sell tickets in certain markets where others I sell out. I don't. Who are you advertising to? There's so many little things that they tell you. I gotta. I started looking at these contracts. Three hundred dollars for catering. I asked for coffee and a water. Who's getting? Who? Where's that money going? It should be in my pocket. So yeah, I'm gonna meet with a mar. I'm meeting with a marketer next week. If any of you. Reach out to my publicist, Amy, right on my website. Write it on there. Hey, man, I can hook you up. I'm a tremendous marketer. I know how to market you. You want to be a tremendous promoter, marketer? Let me know. I'm in the business for anyone that knows how to sell my tickets. So let me know. I'm going to go get a coffee. I'm going to go get ready for my show here at Liberty Township. Very... Very uppity, nice, humble, brand new Liberty Township. Oh, dude, I'm watching an older couple dance right now. It is the cutest freaking thing I've ever seen. I love when I see old people like holding hands and, and, oh man, what it, uh, all right, I'm going to go on a really cool note. Thank you so much for listening. You guys rule. God, you guys rule. Make sure you say hello on the road. Thank you. Talk to you soon.